I will teach you how to kill. Quickly, accurately, efficiently. The physical part will be easy. The difficult part is learning how to turn it off. The two men were found half a mile from here. They were killed with a hatchet in a ritualistic fashion. He didn't use a hatchet, he used a knife. At this point, we're not sure how many killers there were. This one? Well, you're saying that one guy with a knife killed those two hunters? Yeah. His name is Aaron Hallam, Sergeant First Class. What's your relationship to Hallam? I trained him. I trained him to survive. I trained him to kill. Most of the people he killed never knew he was in the same room with him. Hallam's battle stress has become so deep it is a part of his personality. And it's impossible to reverse. I made him what he is, and I can stop him. Remember me? All right, hello, and welcome to another episode, episode two of Portland at the Movies, where we take a look at some of the more questionable movies made in and around uh, Portland. That was the trailer for The Hunted, starring uh, Benicio Del Toro and Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, Brian, uh, who is with me, uh, you have not seen this yet. I haven't, no. I'm looking forward to this. So have you you ever seen it or not? No, never seen it. Okay, what about you, Mark? And I saw it in the theaters originally uh, when it it came out in 2003. Right, because it was a huge deal. In Portland, it was a huge deal. There was like... Uh, bridges shut down and and down in the industrial area there was like explosions going right. off and and they had the news choppers going right like it was it was right. a really huge deal in Portland so we all watched it and we were all just collectively let down it's fun to watch as somebody that's familiar with Portland so do time. you do you have any concept of of this movie or like what is your Brian that you're you're bringing to the table here? I don't Are you re- going in blind? I'm going in pretty much blind. I know two things about this movie. Okay. Um, talking to a friend who was in Portland when it was being filmed, he told me this funny story about how for days and maybe weeks they closed down the Hawthorne Bridge. Like yep. every day the Hawthorne Bridge was closed, yep. mm-hmm. and like residents were just getting really fed up with yeah. it. Yeah. So I guess the movie to appease residents, they installed a bicycle oasis um, on like 36th and Hawthorne. Oh, wow. And it's right in front of the Ben and Jerry's on Hawthorne. Okay. And there's like a bike rack with an awning. I drove by it yesterday and took a picture. I'll have to share. (laughs) Oh, nice, nice. It it is devolved into uh, because it has an awning. uh, It's just all of the street rats on Hawthorne. Yeah, that's amazing. Exactly where that is. They have like a desk there and they're doing tarot reading. And this guy's playing a guitar and they're all huddled together from warmth and the rain under this bicycle oasis. So I'm just thinking, looking at that and thinking like. Thank you, the hunted. That it's, is the it's a legacy. perfect legacy for the poor. The the- so there are. I, I will say a couple of things. It does. Um, it does make Portland look like a big city, and uh, you'll notice that in some of the um, crowd shots. And um, it does. The bridge scenes do look kind of neat, although it makes it look like it's like seven miles long. The five which is pretty funny. But there's some really cool helicopter. Um, helicopter things i'm not going to spoil the ending but it takes place at oregon falls um which makes that it it makes the waterfall look really really cool 
Um, although I have larger issues that we'll, that we'll discuss after after you guys watch it. So second Are largest you, waterfalls in the United States. Oh, really? Next by volume Niagara, or something like that, yeah. or by width or by by certainly size. not height. And I, think, I don't know. I think Multnomah is second tallest. So yeah, it's got one of those. Um, so that makes asterisk. Us just have all of the number two, like <laughs> like Portland, yeah, within we're forty two within forty minutes of each other. Like so. Portlandia is the second largest bronze sculpture, uh, copper sculpture, copper sculpture. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's just nice. and it's yeah. also copyrighted. So you can't use that imagery without um, uh, paying royalties for it. Is the organ is the um, the stag sign? Yeah, is that under? I'm imagining yes. it's under copyright. Yeah, same okay. thing. Absolutely. Yeah, interesting. So, uh, yeah, you got any any last thoughts before you go into the movie and before we come back and discuss it after having seen it? The only other thing I know about this movie is that um, so I'm a really big Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash fan. Okay, and in this movie, which came out six months. Um, prior to Johnny Cash's death, oh wow! Um, it contains Johnny Cash covering the Bob Dylan song "Highway 61 Revisited." Oh um, yeah, yeah. So I just happen to know that random. At least there'll be fact. yes, there'll yeah. be something in there worth so watching. I'm looking so. forward to seeing how that fits into things. And then that, uh, on the poster we're using this week for um, this episode, the tagline is, <clears throat> "If you're it, dot dot dot, you're dead." And we were talking a little bit before recording like that. I I cannot figure out what that means. Tag the movie. Because if if the movie is the hunted, the person being hunted, then you're not it. it, But the the person being hunted is it. No, when you're it, you go to tag people when you're it. You have to go touch people to get them to be it. Oh. So you're giving it to some anyway. So that's the sort of movie we're in for. Uh, we'll see. Gosh, the description of this movie makes it just sound so generic. Yes, um, and yes, the, it does. The, wildly this could be generic. any B movie from like the '80s. Wow, this is bland looking. Yep, yep. Well, uh, keep that in mind as you go forward and watch the movie. Um, and when we come back in just a second, we will find out what we all really think. All right, welcome back to what was episode two of Portland at the Movies, uh, but we forgot to press record. Uh, so this is um, uh, an episode about the movie The Hunted 2003. This movie came out, um, and the budget for this movie was $55 million, and worldwide ended up making uh, only 45. So the movie not successful and that's probably why you haven't seen a lot of other movies take place in portland since then i wonder if well i wonder if there is some sort of portland curse like that because i I mean yeah there has not been one major like (laughs) box office success that has been filmed like within city limits i mean we have goonies and well yeah we have some tv shows i guess now maybe we're maybe we're getting our luster back this was portland's one shot and completely (laughs) blew it (laughs) we did (laughs) what the bleep do you know (laughs) i I haven't seen that movie still I, i just remember you went on on about that movie when it came out um but uh when we were talking in the in the uh, and when we were looking forward to this movie section that we just played um i kind of postulated that this was written on this must have been based on a book because there's hardly any dialogue and it's nothing but like watching people do things that aren't necessarily interesting to see but maybe interesting to read about like survivalist skills and how to make this and that, but like watching someone do that. And I was partially right. There's this guy named Tom Brown jr. Who is a survivalist and wrote a bunch of books. And this was, it's a based on one of the stories from his book, but I can't imagine that anything like this happened in real life. I imagine that he tracked a guy because that's the, the only other thing about Tom Brown is that uh, he became nationally known uh, for tracking 
the wrong guy in a police case and he got sued for five million dollars um there is some if you go read his wikipedia article he talks about his grandfather this this uh, native american that helped him track and there's no evidence that that guy or his friend exists so he's he either wrote a story but i there's no way that like the benicio del toro character would exist in real life and us not having heard of it you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm imagining that's the part that they slotted into like some guy's tracking of a criminal story. And that was the raising of the stakes was to make him John Rambo, basically, like we were talking before. <clears throat> um, so why don't you uh, take us through take us through this this film here, Brian, and, and, and we'll try to go through it step by step. But, but man, this is the shortest, longest movie I think ever. Yeah. It, it um so our two main characters Benicio del Toro and Tommy Lee Jones Tommy Lee Jones playing uh Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> as Tommy Lee Jones plays in every Tommy Lee Jones movie right um you you our, know the, our man's out there and we've got to get him right. uh, let's yeah. rally them yeah. it's like just different degrees of of um the of future. being of grumpiness for him yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny that. Tommy Lee Jones' character's first name is LT, and I kept wondering if maybe he was supposed to be Lieutenant Bonham, and they just oh, read it. They were like, just too fast. Uh, LT Bonham. Because <laughs> this movie was, it was filmed really, really, really quickly because they thought there was going to be an actor strike that didn't end up happening, so they, they really just like slammed everything through, and, and I'm wondering if that's why there feels to be big gaps missing, like the connective tissue of the story felt kind of scooped out for just the necess- you know the right. the necessary propulsive parts of the movie are still there but without the like where are we why are, who is this person why are we here <laughs> throw in the love interest okay let's not away right <laughs> and then then the other uh, star we have Benicio del Toro right um, who's doing his best uh, inner Tommy Wiseau in this film was <laughs> you mentioned that when we were talking before how his acting style and I, and I brought up this clip. Um, I mean, that, he's supposed to be a disturbed uh, person, but th- the way he emotes disturbed is, is uh, comical in, in unbelievable way. Right. Right. So here's a scene with him. Um, Benicio del Toro's character uh, after he goes to the house of his ex girlfriend, wife question mark. And w- w- so this is, and there's a, daughter girlfriend there's a, there's, a girl. there's a little girl who's maybe about like eight or whatever who has inexplicably blonde uh hair like and and done in that like a severe bangs and two ponytails like the like the girl from uh, little house on the prairie uh so they're walking out at night and they're they're listening he's kind of teaching her i guess how to track and how to listen so but yeah listen for the very tommy wiseau like you said esque That's only Kitty. Hi, Kitty. Oh, hi, Kitty. Kitty. Oh, you don't want to bother him now. Why? He's hunting too. (laughs) Does he know we're here? Oh, he knows. How? He can sense it. He can sense it. (laughs) So there's a little bit of Benicio's performance here, and. That is the probably the most he speaks in the entire movie, I think at so. least all at once. Yeah, and and it's it's interesting, and it goes back to that. There's nothing like I I can't describe Benicio's 
character. I can't describe Tommy Lee's character other than he's grumpy and he taught people. Right. They have they have no lines to say and then they have to say them oddly because I just couldn't get a handle on on Benicio's character at all. There was there were so many just like uh not consistent parts of the the characters like uh uh the the teacher saying, you know, the first most important part of killing is getting over the mental part of killing. He has never killed anyone. Right. And then he says, well, I never killed anyone. <laughs> like, well, then how do you know if, if what the most important <laughs> the mental, part The is? mental struggle <laughs> of getting over something that you've never done before. So here I'm going to play a little clip of um, Tommy Lee Jones's character. This is uh, when he gets to the local FBI office or whatever, the Connie Britton, who is the, the female... Uh, prote- uh, protagonist, the, I guess. The scene when he's looking out at Mary's. Yes, when he looks at Mary's and is like, the view here is bad or whatever. And he's like, it's all a jungle, yeah. or whatever he says. And so here we have in Tommy Lee, a character who also, like Benicio, doesn't like to speak. So here's his his little... And he's twitching his hands back you just work for them. No. Like a contractor. You don't like to talk about it, do you? That is the, the main <laughs> character of this movie. Well, you just heard both of them, and then you put them in a room as, and try to have a conversation with those right. guys. Good Everything luck making just... a movie, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, and and um, so we have Benicio Desora, Tommy Lee Jones, both Oscar winners, and William Friedkin, who did The Exorcist and who did... Um, Oh, I'm blanking. Of, I mean, he did a lot of movies, but the French Connection. The French Connection. That's that. Yeah. Uh, so I, all of these people are very, very high caliber individuals, and so for this to be the thing that came out of it is just such a disappointment. I know. This was Portland's one chance, and <laughs> we blew it. <laughs> Not going to get another movie anytime soon. So I guess we'll start and talk. Just go through the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And. Uh, Get it all out of our system. <laughs> Purge it. And yes, never and, and, then, and then again. never have to think about it again, right? <laughs> okay, so the movie opens in uh, a war-torn uh, landscape. Very, very war-torn. You know, Everything I, is on fire. It starts, and I'm like, okay, we're in the. Uh, this is the Portland Trump protests of 2016, <laughs> but then I remember this is 2003, and it, it turns out to be Kosovo instead. <laughs> Um, as a stand-in for uh, Vietnam, since that uh, was too long ago now to continue using right. uh, as as character motivation, um, so we're introduced to Benicio del Toro's uh, character uh, Hallam. I don't even Aaron. Is that his name? Maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Whatever. I just called him Benicio in my notes. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, the rest of that scene serves one purpose: uh, just to, to see people die. To see um, people die. So many people to, die to be slaughtered. Yeah, yeah not, that's not the just word. Dying. It's uh, there's gunned down gunned as down. they're cowering in fear. As a little girl picks up a you know, stuffed animal right, next to right. one of the soldiers. And I thought, I mean, I guess, it, I guess, since that girl is his daughter? Question mark. Maybe that's the connection. Maybe that's what broke him in that in that beginning scene when that girl, you know, comes up. And picks up that teddy bear. You mean his, uh, the movie's like Schindler's List I was going to say moment. it's very Schindler's <laughs> List. She might have been wearing a red. red coat on that one. Um, but yeah, that war scene was just, I mean, I, I felt like it was kind of filmed in a warehouse, you know, or in, or in a big in a big movie inside a studio. And so they couldn't like they couldn't do a shot from like the hill overlooking it. And so 
because the set was so small, they just wanted to light everything on fire and then put bombs on top of it and people running this way and soldiers and then like another group of people. And it was just this chaos. And I wasn't clear how many armies were there, who we were fighting. No. And and because it was obviously filmed on a set, it was very squarely framed and very poorly lit. So you couldn't tell what was going on. Just people running around with guns. And, um, and I guess that's the point, I guess, was just the chaos. And I think it was to show because they they set up the, the post-traumatic stress so much. Yeah. I think they were throwing everything, like every trigger in the world. Totally. <laughs> all in that like two that minutes. That was character <laughs> development. Yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah, it was two good. minutes of uh, <laughs> it was a two minute setup to the character development. And then we eventually see Benicio Del Toro uh, kill a man. We have no idea which uh, side of this conflict the man that he kills was right. supposed to be on. But, right. you know, we, we know that he's uh, some sort of government hired assassin. Right. So, and this is, I mean, and I haven't seen the original First Blood in a long time, but this is clearly modeled on Rambo and, and mm-hmm. First Blood as a right. movie. Yeah. Um, poorly. To the sadly. point where it felt like a bad remake of Rambo. Yeah. Yeah, it really did. Um, so... The next scene cut, and we're in the snow, and it's uh, British Columbia. Um, let's hammer home the Rambo connection a little bit more. Right. Oh, I, I had a question before we get there. So after this crazy war scene, they show um, Benicio getting the silver star for like bravery or whatever. Right. But the scene happens like in their tent. Yes. I, I, and so... then what's his name? Jacob from Lost, who is one of the villains in this movie. Um, the blonde guy. I didn't even guy. notice that. He was in that scene too. There's like the 10 soldiers who would be living in, like it looked like their living quarters type of tent. And they were all just standing it and they're like, this is one of the highest honors we can give or whatever. And they're like, and they're tent. So maybe that was fake. Well, why would that be fake though? Do you think they just have a stash of silver stars in the tent? So it's like, <laughs> oh, we can't give up more than three. This, this, for, uh, or for anyone freaking out, they're like, oh, okay, no, no, here, 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 here. silver star. <laughs> so the the external shots. I recall the the war scene where all the fireballs are going off and everything was filmed in uh, kind of the industrial area of Portland. The externals, not the internals. Uh, because I remember the mm. uh, the news talking about the big explosions that are going to be going off tonight and really? the big fireballs going off tonight. Huh. So th- those those externals, I don't know specifically where, but it was kind of down, the, you know, uh, right. towards. Well, that would have been. Area. Well, yeah. that would have been like post just as like the Pearl District as we know now was being built. So that was still a lot of right. just warehouses and dead end street. That's where. Right. Yeah. I used so to I live think down that there. they just took a city block of emptiness or and just or set whatever. it all on and fire just, for 10 minutes and just filmed it all right that right. that would have been cool to see that would have been yeah. cool to see huh that would make sense though why it's just one this that weird tight yep. oddly framed shot and everything was on fire down to the <laughs> lamp posts totally okay so moving on with the movie um we're in british columbia and then we get introduced to tommy lee jones character and uh we see him playing with uh, a wolf um, and well, just, first he smells a stick. Yes, he he does a he uses a stick a lot in this movie. <laughs> he gets a lot from the smell of sticks. Yeah, even when he's following bloody tracks in the snow, he he's, pauses to like look at the leaves. I'm yeah. like, there's a bloody animal dragging a bear trap behind it in the snow. Like this is not an example of how you're a great hunter. 
So Benicio had his two minutes of character development in War Torn Kosovo. Tommy Lee Jones has his two minutes of character development with uh, an injured wolf. <laughs> and uh, we see him uh, mend this wolf's uh, leg. Um, <laughs> he just grabs a plant and shoves it into his mouth. <laughs> At first I thought it was going to do like a baby bird feeding. And <laughs> <laughs> he just starts regurgitating it into the wolf's mouth. <laughs> would not have been out of character in this movie. Well, this this movie does have a weird, and again, maybe it's a part that got cut out or never developed, a weird um, like pro-animal thing because we have that scene. We yeah. have the the how weird whispered of scene. Yeah, the how many chickens thing. We have the you're hunting without honor. Well, the protagonist said, and the up. antagonist both uh, have that in common. Right. You know, everybody wants to save the animals. Right. It was. It has a very Portland theme, actually. It's <laughs> true. It was Portland before. I really Portland. thought that the theme of the movie was poor Veterans Administration care. Is <laughs> is ultimately it was a it, scathing it, indictment. Yeah. Ultimately, it was Benicio del Toro's uh, mental illness and and improper care of post traumatic stress. Totally. That caused well, everything. And, and that was interesting too because their view on post traumatic stress is like, well, he has it now. He's an animal. He's, he is a murder yeah. machine or whatever they <laughs> he say. Cannot be stopped. <laughs> cannot be indicted. Cannot be judged. Cannot be put like what? 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 Of course, yes, he can. <laughs> uh, but I, I did they do that part because in order to do that they would have to expose all of their like shadow because I felt like he was part of being used by a shadow organization. Somehow. That's how, exactly how it felt. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if they're, that's why they were, but before that, like, yep, he's a, he's a killing machine. He's a killing machine. Like can't a, do it. He's a man do. that does not exist. Our Just... hands are tied. <laughs> so yeah, he's in, oh, I was, you were, yeah, so I mean, in that scene, we get character development, and we know Tommy Lee Jones is a is a, a man of the elements, and he cares about animals. Um, and then we see him um, get recruited to come. Uh, someone that he used to work with comes and finds him. Um, he's been retired and in hiding for a number of yeah. years. So they come and say, "We need your help uh, tracking down this man." and they, they drag him back. They drag too. him back because he, it turns out that Benicio was a former student of Tommy Lee Jones. And yeah, that's how now they did, him back did in. he know at that time that it was a former student? I thought it wasn't until. I, I, but because it's not until he's in the helicopter that they show him the, the, the bodies of the dismembered um, uh, hunters. Right. And so I got the feeling is that in the cabin, they showed him it's your former student and Tommy Lee Jones maybe knew how dangerous he was. Yeah. Because he was reacting in the helicopter like he was seeing those uh, murder scenes for the first time. And so, it, but it could have been the other way around. Like they showed him. So I they, they, and that's funny because they had a scene around like the scene we wanted to see. Like the important information was in the scene that was not written or acted or filmed. <laughs> we just had like the opening and closing of that right. scene. It's kind of funny because uh, so they, they do recruit him. You're right. He gets on the helicopter. Then they show him the gruesome images of the killing. Yeah. And then he steps off of the helicopter and immediately starts vomiting. And he throws up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, is he squeamish or does he just I not kinda, like helicopters? I did kind of like that because it showed that he wasn't like all just this this macho. Like he had some he had some faults or he had some tenderness or whatever. So yeah. he he vomited. He wipes it off of his face, and then he grabs her with that yes! same hand. I, I, I noticed. I picked that I'm up, too. Like, why is she not going, get off me? 
<laughs> Tommy Lee Jones was also really bad at fake vomiting in this movie. It yeah. happens a couple of times. Yeah. And he just makes a very guttural grunt. Yeah. And you know that was all it was for that shot was from across the field, so you know that was ADR. Like after the fact he had to go in and like make just, twenty vomit noises for them to choose I just from. Love the thought of Tommy Lee Jones in a sound booth, you know, doing oh, right, that. Right. Can you can you can you make make it more wet? <laughs> like you could tell a Totally imagine so that. we we skipped over the the part You're where right. um yeah, so there's another scene yeah, in between yeah, yeah. there so before Tommy Lee Jones comes we have the scene uh where the the hunters in Oregon there's two hunter we open just with these two random hunters in the forest yeah it, and, and this uh it tells you it's in Silver Falls Oregon right right so right. um ding little so bell is, yep, Oregon we location go. we should have a bell and every they do time what we get oh we should um I'll write that down. Um, but they do several Let's like of uh, the glamour walkbys of of Silver Falls with the people trekking in front of the big waterfall, which yeah, I yeah. thought was a really great shot. They they sure milked that. <laughs> they must have had everyone there one day, and they're like, everyone, just keep walking in circles. We're gonna get everyone walking in front of this waterfall. Yep. So uh, it, it's important to note these two hunters have very fancy scopes on their rifles, mm-hmm. um, and then that's uh, when we see Benicio del Toro now uh, in forest of oregon and um so at first we hear like the the we see a deer though too so the movie's trying to make us think they're just normal hunters i i feel like we saw a deer but so they have these scopes on the rifle and then you hear benicio whispering yeah. and you hear i wrote oh, down what he whispered conversation yeah so the the hunter's like what's going on out there and and so you hear whispered why don't you kill with your own hands there is a reverence there is no reverence in what you do so there's our second like animal thing. There's no reverence in what you do because their uh, scopes were too fancy or whatever and not making it a fight, I guess. And then the hunter's immediate reaction to hearing a voice in the woods was to point their guns at the human voice. Like, aren't you supposed to right. not point Well, your- and I think I couldn't figure out. I, on the second viewing, I was like... I'm sorry, you watched this I twice. Just, I watched it a couple of weeks ago, and I watched it again uh, two nights ago, or last night, and then I took my notes. The first viewing, I just let it wash over me. But I, there, I couldn't figure out if the hunters were hunting deer or hunting Benicio. So that is a good question. And later, he refers to them as sweepers, sweepers. which I, I suppose... We're supposed to interpret. Mark, you're like, in the, you've been in the military. What are no, what are sweepers? We, Nick Nick asked me the same thing as we were as I made him watch this movie this morning, and uh, oh, we have no idea. Like because he says it twice. I I think it's more of um, what's the word when you you know uh, not scalping but when you are uh, poaching. Oh, like okay, poachers. Okay. Uh, is what I was thinking. Oh, so see, I I thought that they had been sent, and Benicio was thinking that they had been sent to kill him, right? To come after him, right? And and I, I think in reality they were. Well, I read today that uh, in the director's commentary <laughs> on the DVD release, <laughs> yes, William Friedkin says uh, that it was supposed to be ambiguous, and you know not answered whether or not they were supposed to be regular hunters that or makes no sense just like the entire catch. plot <laughs> i guess because then I, I, well what what do you think benicio thinks well i, I guess if he's a serious no reverence what i think know? later he he said something about the sweepers out to get him because if he's whispering something about no honor in their hunting, I know it, it doesn't make sense. So yeah, then he he takes out his his fancy knife and he cuts the the fat guy in the cheek. Yeah, and doesn't 
kill him. He slashes and the, the guy reacts as if he's been killed because the guy throws down his gun yeah, and drops like goes to the, ground. the ground and he's just been slashed in the cheek. I mean, pull it together, guy. But why does it? And then he just Benicio just runs away. And for the other guy to go follow him, the other guy who does not help his friend who has well, been stabbed. This man is disturbed, Todd. I There's guess. No, no understanding his I actions. Guess. But so, so what does Benicio do like to the bodies? Why don't you walk us through what you know about that? Because I was confused. Uh, did they show it or they? That's what were in the pictures, right? <clears throat> it was in the pictures. Okay. Yeah. So they didn't show it at the at the time. At other, the time. At, uh, you know, in live. But they, they. Again, they didn't show us the scene we wanted to see. They just showed us the scenes around it. But in the, in the inexplicable amount of time. So the, the murder happens in the forest. The. Uh, police officers, you know, the uh, investigation team is doing the investigation live in the forest. Meanwhile, somehow uh, they've tracked down Tommy Lee Jones in British Columbia, in British Columbia, and brought him back in in that s- same period. And it was during the the helicopter flight back that they showed the pictures of. The ritualistic killings. Right. So this is the first instance, and this is going to come up numerous times throughout the movie, where this movie has no clear sense of time. Right. You never know how long time, how much time has elapsed between events. And, and sometimes s- things that take days happen within the matter of 15 minutes, maybe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and this is just the first but Yeah, like, I guess that's true. Yeah. How long? The, the bodies are obviously still on the ground. <laughs> and they've managed to bring Tommy Lee Jones back. And I'm still unclear of like how how they connected anything with Tommy Lee Jones character That's of this tr- killing. Of That's like, true, because how would they know it's Benicio? They just have two well, they have I two mean they had the murders. two bodies before they said in Washington. Well, do they know what Benicio's character has been up to? That so that and that was my question. Like, what has been Benicio been doing up till now besides yes. living in that tree? I guess. <laughs> like but a hobbit. They said that there are two murders, so that he cut off their arms and legs. Basically, I mean, right. not like just killed them. Like they said, it's ritualistic. Maybe to eat them. Maybe what? okay, but they said the two two murders happened the same way in Washington. So I'm wondering if they had already suspected Benicio for those two murders in Washington. And this one kind of confirmed, like the, he was on their radar somehow because of how thing, they were killed and the weapons, so I guess. Although that, they seem to know nothing when they get there. That leads to one of my biggest questions in the movie is what is Benicio doing in Oregon? Did he come here because he wanted to kill hunters or did he come here because he wanted to meet up with his with ex- his ex-girlfriend? Because it sounded like he was here eight months ago and disappeared, the, the right. lady said. And, and if he really just wanted to go meet up with his lady, then why, why kill people? Why go live in a tree? Yeah. <laughs> why go live in a forest? Yeah, it's it, motivations are really... Yeah, it makes no sense. No. Um, so, so yeah, Tommy Lee gets there and throws up. He gets there, and the one of the first things that they do when they get on scene um, is they walk through the waterfall. Um, they're crossing rivers and streams, just like tramp, you know, yep, right yep. through the water. Nobody's yep. wearing uh, no. special boats or anything. It, coats, the no. hunters were doing the same thing. Just everyone in this movie just walks Trumps through water. right through the water. Yeah, it makes very much <laughs> the more ankle deep water. Yep. <laughs> That was really interesting. Oh, and and by people walking, for, you must mean the hundreds of people at this crime scene, including people on horses. No less than six horses. I, 
tromping through a crime scene. They had they invited everyone. And within minutes of all of those people leaving, he looks at one print, <laughs> it just one footprint in the middle, and goes, uh, "That's him. That's our guy." Well, and he smelled the twig probably, or he looked at some moss. And and jump forward to his tracking the man in downtown Portland, and he looks at the grass the, uh, uh, in the park, <laughs> yeah. and sees the same footprint, right? And try like it's a are, sh- are you? Well, he had okay. he had those shoes with no it's tread. A, yeah, exactly. And is that specifically because I couldn't make heads or tails of that either? Because that's the I worst, didn't know that was supposed to. That's the worst thing to wear in the wilderness. No track, but I think it's so you don't leave like a fingerprint a shoe print but then you but would just leave the shoe print just, of that yeah <laughs> absolutely that made no i makes... can't no we can't take this footprint it's just flat like okay. those special shoes that some people sometimes wear one more thing i want to point out uh about the scene when tommy lee jones arrives at the crime scene uh or two things actually one he lands and immediately looks like he's walked onto the set of grim um i've seen like three episodes of grim but that's exactly that's what they're, every, all, they're all in the woods and there's always a crime scene and did you notice the number of bugs and mosquitoes flying around? I noticed they added they added sound they to it in that one season. Yes. That I, one scene. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the movie is supposed to take place in like fall or winter. Yeah. Because you know he was yeah, in BC and, and yeah, yeah. Uh, snowy. Snowing already. Um, so with that many bugs around, they must have filmed in the summer. Yeah. And it was probably they didn't want all those bugs around, but the bugs were just so awkward that it would have been more awkward not to add the sound effect and acknowledge their presence. Yeah. So it's like, we'll make it seem like it's buggy and you know, maybe it's because there's decomposing bodies. Yeah, but but you're right, that would have been that would have been distracting had there not been been the sound. And I kinda like that because it it did make it look, you know, more jungly and wildly and and stuff like that. Like there was decomposing bodies. I thought it was interesting. Um, so anyways, Tommy Lee Jones at this point, uh, picks up a stick and says, if I'm not back in 10 days, then you can come Did he say 10? Me. He said, I'm pretty sure he said 10 thought, days. Well, either way, cause I thought he said two, which is still two. an alarm. I, I heard I two. Oh, two. Okay. If, still, you, if I'm not back in two days, I'm dead. He okay. <clears throat> is forced to take the walkie talkie. Takes no water, takes no food, takes no coat, takes no... He's a survivalist. Yes, he's nothing. And he also looks at the walkie-talkie like he's never seen a walkie-talkie before. <laughs> he shakes it. That's he shakes right. it. <laughs> uh, like... <laughs> but... So... It's, so he's not a, any military official no. or any, any official at no. all. He's walked into this investigation... Uh, and and taking it over in in seconds. <laughs> all right, get them out, and and they all leave. Oh, oh we're all you guys on horses. It's okay. <laughs> and like circus clowns. Did any, out. At what point did anybody say, "Hey, hi, who Who's are you?" <laughs> Zero. And this is this is we get back to the the time thing. Yeah. It felt like 10 minutes. Of, like 15 of steps later. He's like, oh, yeah. here we are. And he found him. And it's like, if I'm not back in two days and then 10 <laughs> minutes later. <laughs> just, yeah, just moments later, he's 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 tracked the entire event. And you can, you can almost like, and... like yeah, 
and and oh, again, here's which is where the knife went in. And I can see, here's, like, again, reading about that probably could be interesting. Like, you smell for the whatever, and you see this, but just watching Tommy Lee Jones walk through a forest setting and occasionally smell something and then look at it, and then I loved when they revealed the the hole through the middle of the tree that the knife made. Yeah, and they zoomed in on that, and then they zoomed in on Tommy Lee, and then they zoomed like twice. like that was, was supposed to be a calling card or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was just a like, tree. Well, it's one, to, it's one guy. Take that all it. in. Yeah, right there. <laughs> Who <What>? are you? <laughs> awesome. So eventually he finds where Benicio had been living in the woods. Um, and it, what, so what do you think his plan was? To kill Benicio's? him? Or, no, 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 no. Tommy Lee Jones. So like, if I don't come back in two days, like if he was well, supposed to apprehend him. But how? He has no handcuffs. He has no way to take well, him down he'll it, just fashion one uh you know like he does later in one in of our mini montages <laughs> Any, yeah anything you need in this movie you can just make <laughs> need a kiln got one yeah i'll just know, make I a smelting down, pot. i wrote down kiln and smelting later in my notes <laughs> anyway uh, so yeah he doesn't i guess maybe the implicit is that he's just gonna kill him but he's not a killer anyway well they eventually <laughs> do make contact yes because of the walkie-talkie and it is it is just brilliant. It immediately looks like they're getting into a slapping match. I wrote that down. <laughs> so I know that one of the things about this movie was that it was supposed to be you super did the same thing I did. Authentic and realistic and they uh, modeled it on Filipino martial arts. But the way that it comes across, it looks like two eight year old girls getting into a cat fight and they're just oh slapping. Yeah, and like, it is the silliest I just wrote like, slap fight, slap fight. Because That's you're right, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's super realistic and whatever. And the other thing they do in the fight scenes is that there's not any music. There's kind of a light, a, like an environmental droning, like maybe if you're getting a really like a massage type thing. But it didn't like. There was nothing more than like slashing noises and yeah. like like you said, close up like little. And, and that just like makes fighting. it worse. And it was yeah. I mean, I guess the fight scenes could have been really neat that way if there was some music or if there was some like heft behind it, but yeah, it just looked. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've uh, ebbed and flowed with our audience right now. We've got uh, uh, a friend of mine, Vanya. Uh, He's from Belarus and lives in Belarus and he's, uh, he's watching. Hi Vanya. Hello. And uh, uh, we, we had a bunch, but uh, Sarah is of course watching as well. Nice. Hi Sarah. My wife was checking to see if I was actually coming over to see Mark and Todd. (laughs) So how old, uh, you probably looked this up, do you know how how old Tommy Lee Jones was when he filmed this? No. That's a good question. I, I thought about that while I was watching it, but I, <laughs> he, he I don't He always know. looks old. He, always, he was 58 I was gonna say when he made this. And uh, I could tell that he like wanted to do it all himself. And like, right. But I mean, so many times I'm like, this guy is 58 and he's fighting like Benicio Del Toro. Yeah. Like not just some guy, like trained super fighter. Benicio del Toro. Anyway, so yeah, he catches he catches uh, Benicio. Wait, are we? There? No, we're having the slap fight. Slap right fight. Now. Slap oh, fight. and then in the middle of the slap fight, uh, uh, Benicio del Toro is shot with a tranquilizer dart. Oh, that's mm-hmm. right. He's yeah. about to finish off Tommy Lee Jones, and he gets shot by Connie Nielsen, yeah. the FBI lady, because she followed the walkie-talkie. Yeah, and then he, Benicio del Toro goes down, and in my mind, I'm like, and that's the movie. Yep, we're done. <laughs> right. I mean, it should I've already been watching right five hours. Yeah. Oh, wait, it's been a half hour. Um, 
Let's back up. I left out one thing in the scene before when Tommy Lee Jones discovers the uh, hobbit hole uh, where Benicio del Toro had been living. He picks up a. You, you got something on this, Mark? The yeah. phone number? Yes, yes. <gasps> I wanted to call the number during the. Me too. During... I wrote that down. Okay. Uh, Irene and her number is. Uh, we won't say the number. We'll just dial it. Okay. And I was thinking we could ask. Uh, we could ask if Irene is there, and then we could. And <laughs> this then is exactly. Yeah, and then we can ask if anyone has ever called her asking for Irene before, and if she has any stories related to the hunting. Okay, we can't. We can't record her voice though without her. We're assuming it's. We're assuming Irene still lives there, but yeah, we're not allowed to record uh, anyone's voice without their knowledge. So I should maybe not hold this up to the microphone. Right. <laughs> We're calling Irene. <laughs> because I noticed right off the bat it was not a five. What is it? Five, right. five, 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 five. I did yeah. notice that too. Yeah. Like okay, you. giving Irene a call right now. <laughs> Hi, Irene. This is the Unipiper. Please check the number or code. Oh, That's disappointing. So maybe they bought a number for the movie or, or maybe each area code has a, a fake number I, I don't know that would be better because that still is so distracting in movies when it they is. do that it, it just, just takes pulls you right, right out. out yeah oh we're in five 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 but land. oddly enough too when they do that it's funny how much it does pull you out of the movie world you're like that's not a five 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 number and so like either <laughs> way <laughs> you're screwed because everyone's like wait a minute uh, something's not right that's a cool psychology <laughs> thing um okay so what's going on uh Benicio's down, uh, handcuffed. This is when we finally make it into Portland. Yeah, they, yeah. they take him into downtown Portland proper. Yeah, which uh, mm. I guess they it's supposed to be the police. Uh, yeah, I couldn't figure out what it was. Station. Some building on Madison it looked like, but I didn't know. Was it the art museum? I yeah, I don't know. Some white building. Yeah, but what I noticed yeah, it's not the art museum. It's <sighs> it's uh there there's one on it's on Broadway across from the history museum. Oh, and okay. I don't know. Uh, I've seen them film Grimm and everything yeah. else there, so I don't know. I don't know what the building. Yeah, because it was filmed along the park blocks. It said so that was probably yeah. from uh, where it was. And then from that building, you can obviously can look out the window and see Mary's. Mary's right, <laughs> ten blocks away. So let's talk about what did you? How did you guys think Portland looked in this movie? Now that we're kind of downtown, let's talk about the downtown part at least. Uh, uh, apparently, crazy gridlock traffic. <laughs> <laughs> um, and. And there a lot of people. There was <laughs> yeah. tons and tons yes. and tons and tons of people uh, on the sidewalk. And so it looked more like Manhattan. It looked like, yeah, it looked like Times Square. I, it, seeing Portland in, in this movie, for me, was like the one redeeming quality of the movie. Like, it was <laughs> neat seeing yeah. how Portland is portrayed in a big-budget Hollywood film. Yeah, that was. Because, yeah, there was a thousand people on the street. And they did the other thing I like. And I, they must do this for movies somehow, but all the sewer grates had like all that great billowing steam yes, coming out of it. Yes. Like that doesn't happen in real life, does it? Uh, yeah. It does happen. Absolutely. In, uh, oh, it does? In, in, in New York. Okay. When the weather is Because uh, I'm like, cold. I don't think I've ever seen it happen here. And I no, like, no. Oh, that's cool. I wonder no, how they did that. I, I think it has to be a big enough city and uh, in the right climate. Right. Because I mean, that looked cool too. But yeah, there was just ton and tons of horn, like horn honking, like in the background, horns yeah. and sirens. And horn honking is something you never, I mean, downtown maybe a little bit, but you never hear horns in Portland. Like nobody honks their horns. Yeah. So yeah, it did look like that it was just thousands and thousands and thousands of people rushing the streets. But given the fact that you, obviously you're going to have to, what is portrayed in movies is, is never real life. I thought they actually did a pretty good job. Like it felt yeah. cool. It, it, and, it and it did feel felt, big city. It did feel like Portland. Yeah. It didn't feel like Portland. It, it didn't feel like generic city. Right. Yeah, that's true too. That's true too. It, it, it had a little character. 
Okay, so um, Benicio del Toro is now in Portland. Uh, they interview him to try. Uh, they're trying to get his motivations and figure out what to do with him now that they've caught him. Um, this is uh, who was it? Was it the Portland Police Department that have him, and then the FBI steps well, in? Well, and then there's the Forest Service that were involved because it made it a federal, federal crime because it was on yeah, federal land. So there was there was FBI, but then there were the military people arrived. Uh, uh, and and oh, the right. military people took him away. Right, Jacob from Lost showed up. But the the uh, black guy that was uh, he's like the city he, police chief. He was FBI. What? Because later in the movie, he had FBI on his oh. shoulder, and Benicio del Toro killed him from behind uh, while look, they were in, in the red lo- zone. I felt yeah, huh. And so he was FBI. Maybe he and was which, lo- the local FBI office, like the Portland Bureau. Because right. I felt like he was from the city somehow. Right. Like he wasn't an Absolutely. outsider. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And so he's, you know, the, the local bureau. Yeah. Right. Well, no wonder there's like 900 people tromping over the crime scene. <laughs> All that bureaucracy. <laughs> uh, there was a really good quote when um, Benicio Del Toro is being interrogated. And I think th- maybe it was the first line of the scene is he says, did you know six million chickens will die in slaughterhouses <laughs> this year? It's like, and we're in Portland. <laughs> yeah, and that was so weird. And then, he, and then he was like, uh, uh, "How would you feel if if you weren't the dominant on the food chain and <laughs> those who ate you so callously ate what? you or whatever?" Right. And it's then like we're watching a Greenpeace. Uh, I know. And then film. at the end of it, he goes, "Do you understand?" <laughs> I was like, "No, I don't. No. What are you talking about?" Like, yes, and that's interesting. <laughs> I loved her response. <laughs> so I guess eventually he gets handed over to the feds or the military. The military. The military. He's handed yeah. over to the military, and then because um, that's Tom, where Jacob. Did you guys watch Lost? You know, I did. Yeah, Jacob, yeah, yeah. So no, yeah, Jacob from I, I Lost shows up. Notice from, that. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. Surprised Sarah didn't rec- She always recognizes everyone. Who's so yeah, but I mean that was, yeah, it was a long time ago. But yeah, so he's the blonde guy. Who shows yeah, up to take? Right. But he was also like I mentioned earlier. He was in that Silver Star scene, so he's in the same oh, yeah, yeah. group okay. that Benicio so came from. So that's how you know that, yeah, okay. yeah, I guess. So th- they come and they put him in a van. They take him away. <laughs> um, Tommy Lee Jones thinks everything is wrapped up because he's, uh, and then the van takes off. And um, I think they mention in the van about his fate, and they're gonna kill him or something. And so this yeah and this is after i started the, the first time I, I i wrote down um has all of this still been just one day <laughs> yes <laughs> because everybody's I, still wearing the same clothes tommy lee jones is filthy although yep. when he he's he's talking to the lady in the office he's filthy but then like when he walks out a few scenes later he has like brand new clothes on of the same kind so it is clearly midday in portland when they um take him in right you know two o'clock at the latest right so that means if they were in silver, silver falls, falls. Th- they would have had to start the day at like 3 a.m in silver falls <laughs> and like usually i don't want to be that well they were driving in southeast and suddenly they were downtown <laughs> yeah. because i mean that's Come a little on, picky but i mean we're talking about like even if you don't know where that is clearly they were in the forest and now they are downtown yeah well Every representation of Portland in film and TV would have you believe that the forest is it's two steps right, away yeah. from Which any house. Right. That's true, I guess. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that's kind of true, but I mean. <laughs> but again, it's this, this whole time thing in this movie, that's it's. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, so, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Benicio Toro. They're in the meat wagon or whatever. They're taking an armored truck. hauling him away and... 
Um, they threaten him with a suicide pill. Uh, is that what that thing was? That nasal spray? Mark, you've been in the military. Do they just give you? <laughs> do they everybody give you, uh, in the military uh, has a suicide, suicide issue, nasal? They things. issue that to all of us. In case you're uh, having a bad day. In case we get uh, you know abducted, uh, we can have. Uh, so, yeah. So it, they didn't. They didn't detail that at all. They didn't just, oh, is okay. that what they look like now? I guess, and, yeah. And I was, thought it was maybe was some it. trans, you know, some monitoring chip or something like that. But yeah. I guess this was 2003. Well, he, uh, t- uh, Benicio, so uh, before we get there, this is how we get there. Benicio del Toro um, uses his handcuffs to um, uh, take Choke. one of the uh, captors hostage and then ends up using his gun to shoot the other guy. Or shoot the driver. So Jacob from Lost, who is also there's three people in the back of the, the little meat wagoner, where there's Benicio del Toro, unnamed guy who's just there to get killed, and Jacob from Lost. Jacob from Lost, who is apparently as well trained and as much of a super soldier as Benicio del Toro, at the first signs of a struggle, just gets out his gun and starts shooting. <laughs> so he shoots the driver, who then crashes. Right. The truck flips. He's terrible at his job. <laughs> the truck flips, and then Benicio del Toro then uses the nasal suicide device okay. on him, on, on Jacob from yeah. Lost. Okay, yep. and then Benicio del Toro claws his way out of the crashed vehicle. <laughs> this is and, my favorite one. And is feigning, you know, injuries, and he's obviously injured to a certain degree because he's bleeding. Right. But uh, the, the, there's bystanders now looking at the accident, and he's like, "My my friends inside." Man. So yeah, he sits on a on a log or whatever, Benicio, and said, so, you know, get my friends out of there. And then the next second, he's gone. I don't know to where because he's not close to the woods. Yeah, and like everyone Fort. is standing two feet away from him. They called that location. Did you catch the tunnel to the Forest, Forest Park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed that. It was that the tunnel? Ding! The, was that the tunnel up on Burnside? Yeah. Okay, that's what yeah. I figured. Uh, so Portland location uh, number number six. Um, <laughs> so oh, I. Uh, then the next thing we see the the news. Yes, the news. The news. What did Jeff Gianola do to get all the friggin' exposure in this movie? He giant did someone on this. like he gets the live on thing, and then his name is plastered on uh, everything. In the uh, city. To be fair, yep, that's yep. what was on the, the uh, Max Max, tra- the Max trains back then, but that was distracted because yeah, it was just his giant face. Yeah, and my favorite part, my favorite part of the scene was so yeah, the next scene is like the news report of this accident or whatever, and they have um, the armored car up on a side. About three inches. They have about three inches cordoned off right. for the the yellow. And there's no way we could possibly know what's going on three feet away from me. He can overhear like the <laughs> suffering. Like, we're trying to get confirmation on some of this. He could literally <laughs> hold his hand Hello? out yeah. and touch, the, and just and then they have a wider shot we're, and just to see that yellow tape like <laughs> barely containing the overturned car. Uh, channel eight's on your side uh oh yeah that made me laugh so hard when they had the like the wide shot it's just this tiny area around that you can he's standing right next to it so i think the the next thing that happens is benicio del toro that's maybe where he was going he was going to his woman's house oh that could be yeah so he's like free in portland what's the first thing he's gonna do i guess is go to his uh the Nondescript, uh, the nondescript female character, right? Yeah, that he uh, and leaves her phone number on the back of pictures. Irene, has That's anybody right. ever done that? <laughs> have you ever written? A phone I, I, I don't think I have. Now that you <laughs> no, mentioned that, nobody has. Okay, uh, Irene's house. Um, so we do think that's Irene. 
That's absolutely Irene. Okay. So she was the girl in the picture. I guess I never put that together. Yep. Okay. Yep. And Irene, yeah, Irene just kind of says, what are you doing back here? And he's like, where have you been for eight months? Or whatever. The next thing I think that happens, maybe there's some flashback scenes. There is. This is the whole um, how he gets trained montage. So this is Tommy Lee training. Tommy Lee's 58 years old training Benicio Del Toro. This is when they're doing like the Iron Age uh, arts and crafts circle. Yep, 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 yep. And those poor, they do that like that five point slash thing like the neck chest. (laughs) Those poor extras had to stand there for like 12 hours a day and be aggressively handled by Benicio Del Toro. There's there's at least one time that they missed. Oh, yeah. That was not take one. No, they got knocked in the ball. I definitely noticed they were using a rubber knife, and I don't know if that was in the training in the movie supposed to be a rubber knife or if it was supposed to be a a real knife. (laughs) A real rubber knife. Yeah, I don't know, but But those poor guys. A couple times when you could see the blade bend. Yeah. So, yeah, it showed very explicitly him learning that, you know, neck, throat, belly, aren't whatever, five-point kill with a knife and that arm he can't use that arm so get it out of the way so that you can remove all that's doing is getting in the way of you putting a knife in his to his lung and remove the connected tissue here and go to his heart and yeah uh, power assist and uh, oh power assist you need a power assist. i forgot the power assist so tommy lee comes back to irene's house and uh they interrogate irene um eventually they find benicio del toro upstairs because he's he the worst hider the in the world yeah. with his muddy footprints and come shaving cream in. everywhere yeah. come on in uh and then benicio del toro just j- randomly jumps out of a window right right well yeah because he yeah he, so let's let's play a scene mark you me between you be benicio i'll be tommy lee jones uh hunting you down in so i find you in the uh, <laughs> and crash <laughs> don't cross this line if yeah you, that's right if you want to cross this line be prepared to die yeah okay benicio escapes out the window when the tommy lee jones jumps out the window connie Brit- after yeah, him. connie Britton shows up after they're and then connie Britton shows up and is like freeze and he jumps out the window yeah they and, both do, and then Chase and Seuss. And this sets off... What are we going to say next? No. Okay, this sets off my favorite series of events in the whole movie. So they're in, like, a residential area in Southeast, um, and they're upstairs in, like, an old, you know, craftsman house or whatever it is, and, and Benicio Del Toro jumps out the window um, while Connie Britton is, has a gun on him. Connie Britton, again, residential neighborhood, just starts firing her gun into the street after him, <laughs> then runs downstairs. Benicio steals a car or whatever and starts driving down the street. She then runs down as she's stepping out of the door onto the sidewalk, randomly shooting in this neighborhood again after the car. She is terrible at yeah. her job. Yeah. She's killed someone. Yeah. She's pulled her gun though. Or, yeah. So. I, she yeah she just wildly would you ask that ma- would you would ask you, that question of a man i like that part yeah said, yep yep yeah um, so just firing into this neighborhood where it has already been established there's like 900 kids with their parents that show up at the bus stop like every parent is there with their child at the bus stop ushering them onto the bus in the morning and i think tommy lee jones starts chasing the car on foot for he does yeah. yeah he starts pacing well him. benicio del toro flips him off yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> I that did. was the most character development in this movie. 
I did like that. I think that was my my favorite scene though was that actual. It was only like thirty seconds long. The part of the car chase that was in Southeast because I was like, that's interesting because the yeah. roads are narrow and he drove. He must they must have destroyed that street because he drove drove up onto the sidewalk, sidewalk and blah blah blah. Cars were which I thought cars. was really neat, but it was just immediately over and then they were immediately stuck in gridlock traffic downtown somehow. Right. Yeah, that was a really cool scene. It, yeah, it, it I definitely so too. was filmed. You know, somewhere in a real neighborhood. Yeah, so. yeah. And I remember reading a story when that was happening that whoever's house that was that they were using it just got just destroyed because yeah, I mean, sure. like Hollywood like, and especially yeah. jumping out the window and all of that but <laughs> uh, and, and then okay so that's the scene where it sets up they drive the car out of the neighborhood and then one block later oh, 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 oh. sorry I had one other note when when Tommy Lee Jones is poking around that I need to find it is poking around the house uh, looking for Benicio Del Toro he sees the footprints and then he sees the um, the shaving cream he goes upstairs and looks in the little girl's room and there is a cat on the bed yes the yeah. cat here it is he won't be able to see anything but i'm gonna pause it in the right place the cat is wearing a belt like what? not something around his neck around like it and i i think the cat was just tossed there yes before I think the that scene was, started i think that was how they were keeping the cat in place oh, okay. with a wire attached to that belt that was yeah I, I, I don't know if i'll find it here but it was yeah he clearly has some crazy like around his back haunches that's all i got really excited about that i was like is that cat wearing a belt what's going on <laughs> so i don't remember i don't remember at this point if this is where we start the downtown scenes or if they go straight to the construction he escapes and i know he escapes into gridlock traffic traffic downtown and then I forget how he eventually he ends up at that construction. He, yeah. Site, and then which they felt like the, the most needless scene in the whole movie because he just gets into the tunnels there. Right. Yeah, and that that's, does? that's when it really feels like an episode from CSI. Yeah. 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 There was no point to that scene whatsoever. There really nothing happened in that. No. And so then we... they pop out downtown, which is kind of neat. But again, he's the worst. Like Benicio Tatora is not good at hiding. He just leaves the hard hat that he was using. Like on the path that he's taking, so he, Tommy Lee Jones could track him. He left the uh, the manhole cover off. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can you, see which you know one he came out of. Okay, went up there. Everyone there, in this movie there. is terrible at their jobs. I'm, I'm, I'm the best killer in the world, and uh, I will leave you a really good breadcrumb trail. <laughs> I love the scene where Benicio del Toro. Um, he's trying to be nonchalant walking downtown, and he jumps on the back of like a bread truck, yeah. and waits a few seconds, and then like jumps off and spins around in midair, and then walks away like nothing ever happened. And he, the way it plays out, is like a dance move from a Fred Astaire movie. <laughs> Um, so whatever we don't need to talk about the construction scene because it was really boring yeah um and, th and then that's when uh, i think the movie uh shows off uh portland um and we get to see a little bit of a chase and action scene happening through, through yeah yeah portland. and then they, they show some iconic portland shots um the skate yeah he goes uh park. the homeless people yeah the skate park skate in the downtown park. the homeless people uh, oh the uh portland Statue Spirit. man, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Statue, Mr. Statue makes an appearance. I thought that was cool. See, if that was done today, that would have been you. That would have been you, <laughs> Piper, in there riding I by. Absolutely thought that. Uh, and uh, the the place at, at Keller Auditorium, there's the fountain across Ira Keller Fountain, and uh, I really did like that is... scene too. Yes, although uh... I wish they would have established 
what that fountain was because it, it was very unclear it, yep. for no one for people who didn't know what that was that was very confusing because it is just this, this weird series of waterfalls right but i really like that they used it and how he was hiding behind it or whatever yeah, yeah. and i always go back to that little uh, bench area where, oh, do you? where I don't they know went ever been back there yeah it's it's really cool yeah but they right. do they do again make downtown down seem like manhattan with all of the people they had a nice bubbler in there too Benson yeah. Bubbler made a made But yeah, then those huge yep. banners, the coin six banners on the um <laughs> Jeff Gianola. Jeff Gianola. Uh, uh, and I just wrote down again, Tommy Lee Jones is fit I just kept actually clung Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee is fifty eight. <laughs> he's fifty eight. He's running after a max train. He's running For after miles, the cars. He is running. He's like sprints you know you know, climbs up on the back of a moving, <laughs> moving max, max train. Yeah. Busts into it. Can we talk about that? I was gonna say, now? let's get to that. So yeah, why don't you yeah. set up because that's probably the most famous uh, shot from around here because that's when they shut down the bridges and move the max train onto a bridge that doesn't have a train track for this scene i thought it was legitimately a, a fun scene yeah uh, and and well done like a, a really cool way to use the hawthorne bridge yeah um as an action piece i i loved when and i wish they would have done that i don't know why i mean the movie was short already the shot of benicio after um i'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit but after he climbs to the top of the bridge that's when incredible. they did that great helicopter shot of him standing up there yeah but it was like that lasted was, about a second and a half and then it was, was gone super cool. i know but that was a really neat shot yeah so uh tommy lee jones is, is in pursuit of benicio del toro benicio del toro runs on to the hawthorne bridge um, which in this version of portland uh the hawthorne bridge is the bridge which the max goes over right the light rail train yeah so um, he he <laughs> catches, uh, he runs up to the Max train and jumps right at the connecting point between two Max cars where they have sort of that... Um, that little accordion fold thing yes. so they can go around corners. Yes, and he takes, I maybe is it his homemade his, knife? I don't, I don't know. know. But, but it's many knives. It's pretty cool because he uh uses his knife <gasps> and cuts through that accordion fold section and yeah. then, you know, sort of carves his way into the max all the while tommy lee jones is chasing the max again on foot <laughs> 58 year old tommy yeah. lee and he catches it he just jumps he does jumps to on. his credit he yep. does catch up he jumps on to and he gets onto the train. roof like but, he goes in over the roof with all those crate and they yeah, make it yes. they do that movie thing too where uh, the Max isn't um, doesn't usually emanate sparks quite so widely, but yeah. just sparks shooting off the the overhead connector <laughs> that thing. That's funny. Well, I wonder how they did that because uh, you know there there are no thing things like that right. on the Hawthorne Bridge. They had to install those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They installed uh, all this, and the Max train that they had had wheels on it uh you know uh, regular tires yeah. on it and, and like a used... converted bus yeah yeah oh that's right i read somewhere that it was just two buses put back oh, really? to back yeah i forget how they get off do they both end up on the roof or do no because they... tommy lee drops in and the police had put up a barricade so the and train they, stopped. the train stops then benicio takes the driver hostage right. with the knife uh and starts uh, climbing up the bridge and then I don't remember exactly how they exit, but they, they get off the train yeah. and he starts climbing up. And I'm like, why didn't, if his plan was to jump into the river, why, why, why climb, climb 800 up? 800 stories straight up. <laughs> Just jump into the river there. 
I just love that. So he starts climbing up the um, the ladder to the top of the bridge, and Connie Nielsen shows up, and what does she do? Immediately starts firing her gun <laughs> towards the city, just into the air, encourages everyone to join in. Fire at will! They're downtown! Then, <laughs> firing guns. And then he climbs all the way to the top, and then jump proceeds and to jump in. Jumps. Yeah, to the we get a great shot for a second, and then he jumps into the river. And we almost get a cameo from omsi but i think i just, oh, just yeah it. yeah I, I, nice. I was looking for uh the uss blueback and oh, yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Yep. Um, so here's where time really uh, yes starts to make so, no sense at all before we get into that can we can we just establish whether or not we're still in the same day <laughs> i think it is can because... they, they did nothing <laughs> nobody to make it seem like time had passed there was not there was no night scene there was nobody no, waking up there was no. nothing because this went right from the police interrogation to the crash where he escaped to the to house. His house did he Wait. he didn't go back to the house he was just he escaped and ran no, he went oh, to he the house. house. And, yeah, that's right. And Tommy Lee Jones shows up in the he house. The, uh, Tommy Lee Jones goes to the We know there's at least chase. one night because of uh, the conversation with him and the little girl and the tracking. So that's at least been one day. But that was oh, the yeah, day that before. tracking was, was at night. night scene? Yeah. yeah, that was a night okay, scene because so they were spins, listening to the crickets and he stuff. He spins one... Oh, the crickets, you're right. One night at Irene's house. Okay. Okay. So this is the next day, I guess, when they find him at Irene's house. <laughs> totally plausible. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody shows up. Tommy Lee Jones is still inexplicably in charge Holly, of the situation. 36-hour event. Okay, yeah. okay. Benicio Del Toro has ridden the Willamette River or swam up against the yeah, Willamette River depending. from the city to uh, Oregon Falls, which I, in in uh, the movie's version of Portland, I don't think they're, it's supposed to be that far away. Right, yeah. Right. Um, so suddenly we're at Oregon Falls um, in Oregon City where the paper mill plant yeah. is. I thought the falls themselves looked really great. They did. They were full and they were crazy. <clears throat> it was a good location I was to shoot a movie. so disappointed that they didn't use that paper building in any what? way. It, that is the, the most amazing location for a movie yes. ever. That is where the final climax battle should have been. Yeah. Yeah. And, and absolutely. Yeah. But I wonder, I mean, I think that place runs like 24 hours a day though. So I oh, wonder boy. if they just couldn't, I don't, but I just thought that was such a missed opportunity because yeah. that building is just amazing. So Benicio del Toro makes it to the falls, and then this is where time gets really <laughs> wacky. I don't know how long it's supposed to take, but eventually Tommy Lee Jones uh, is on his trail, and Tommy Lee Jones also makes it to that area. Right. Well, all the while, this is immediately after he's jumped off the bridge, so there are still helicopters in the sky tracking them. So it not enough time is even passed for the helicopters to be out of gas. or anything. I mean, they're like still right there. on the trail. And Tommy Lee Jones says, like, you're, you're never going to find him your way. I'm going to do it my way or whatever. So that's why he heads off on his own. And so what's the first thing Benicio Del Toro does in this situation? Well, would you build a kiln <laughs> in this situation? Just a little foundry. You're going to yeah. need one if you want to make a knife. But don't you already have a knife that's been established? <laughs> you know who designed that knife? Who? Tom Brown. Tom Brown Jr.? Yes. He actually designed that knife. <laughs> when, he wasn't, when he wasn't busy implicating the wrong people. Meanwhile, wow. so Tommy Lee Jones is making his own knife out of a hewn stone. This is my favorite scene in the movie for, for a minute it's and a half. Hewn stone. It is legit full-on 80s movie montage it, it's amazing it really is of both of the main characters making a knife from scratch both with different approaches to knife making <laughs> so you've got benicio del toro which again may be interesting to read to watch <laughs> not really you have benicio del toro using a homemade kiln and scrap 
steel. Think about how much smoke <laughs> that is presenting. <laughs> There's a as helicopter following you. Don't start a fire. <laughs> and, and Tommy Lee Jones is making like a flint knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even and though he's got one already stuffed I, in his like, back. How do they both have the same idea at the same time? Well, they're one. It's one father figure teaching a son, and that's the Luke Skywalker Darth yes, Vader setup to the totally, end of this movie. That's what it but felt yeah, like. my notes were just in capital letters. How do they have time to smelt? <laughs> and and so they do that both of them create a knife um from scratch and and then, you know, they, they end up oh so that they make a knife and then they proceed to uh, battle, but Tommy Lee Jones has to find Benicio del Toro right, first. Right. And along the way to finding Benicio del Toro, Tommy Lee Jones steps through, I think, three different elaborate traps set up by like, Benicio del Toro. It's like the Ewoks it, were there. It exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's yes. totally Return it's of the Jedi. Two giant logs that are hung up in the trees and they come smashing together. And not only are they just logs, but they have like spikes they have on the end. They have huge spikes. It's, I mean, logs and that he didn't must even have weigh. A, he didn't even have a knife. He so didn't let, have rope. He didn't have knives. He, knives. Knife. He didn't have anything. Let's just say the movie ends before dark. Okay, and then this is also <laughs> taking place. We we've established the helicopter is still in the air. We've, by the way, we've established this is in the fall or winter. It gets dark. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Oh, that's and say right. Five p.m. It gets dark, <laughs> so, so they have enough time to both build a knife and then set up these elaborate traps and then have a battle all before five p.m. Man, and this is after they had a battle on the max train. This is the best day in what Portland. A day. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, that log trap. I mean, those things must have weighed thousands of pounds you know, and they each were tied back you know so when the tripwire it falls into the middle or whatever just like the Ewok. I, again the helicopter is still in the air and, and Benicio did all this before he smelted his own he crafted his own knife man uh, so oh, and one of the traps snares after he escapes the two log smashing right snares him upside down over the river over the river that's elaborate and he was really like that was really tommy lee jones hanging upside down i noticed for a while. that too. Really i thought was. that was really good i wrote yeah. down tommy lee is 58 <laughs> he's hanging upside down right now yeah well, that was a pretty neat scene but again such an elaborate thing that would have to happen in in that was so crazy yeah so tommy lee jones um oh that's right he cuts himself and that's when tommy lee jones goes riding through the falls and yep. that's when we see cg tommy lee yep, jones yep. bouncing through the falls <laughs> bouncing off the rocks oh there were two gratuitous really bad use of cg in this movie and one was the uh log flume ride tommy lee jones and the other was all of the cg blood did you notice when people got shot uh -uh. it was really splashy oh, really? blood and it was like really CG I didn't looking. That. yeah all i know is that inexplicably after tommy lee jones falls down the waterfall which is quite a distance and downstream he ends up at the one place benicio de toro happens to be standing like, how did Benicio de Toro yeah. get there? Yeah. You know he's going to end up there. And that's where they proceed to have their second uh, yoga, uh, couples yoga match, <laughs> um, where they do another slapping and, and body wrestling. <laughs> and Yeah, they, they're just very close-up knife fight. And the amount of, uh, like, it gets pretty brutal and violent. He, like, Tommy Lee Jones takes a, a beating. He should be dead. Yeah. He gets and viciously stabbed across the torso through the arm through his, the side the his leg he his is leg 58 years old <laughs> right. 
<laughs> and hand fighting Benicio del Toro, who I mean, he's got to just have been in his thirties, maybe forties at the time, but not right. fifty-eight. And Tommy Lee Jones' face is just covered in blood, yeah, except for his eyes. You clearly <laughs> tell, like, the makeup artist put these little like <laughs> eye goggles on him and just splattered his face, and then removed the goggles, so his, yeah, <laughs> you can clearly see his <laughs> eyes where he was wearing protection. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, he is. Tommy Lee is cut a lot in that scene. I mean, badly, but it doesn't seem to do anything. No, nope. yeah, nobody really cares right. about it. Either. It's like, right? Um, Kill the bad guy, and the, yeah, and then Tommy Lee Jones uh, kills him at the end. Yeah, the first person <laughs> he ever kills is, is the one that he was like a son to him or whatever. And then the FBI inexplicably shows up because they followed the, they followed the smoke from all the fire. <laughs> yeah, where did, and the harvesting of trees to make Nick, traps? Nick was asking, oh, like, where did they land the helicopter? <laughs> Uh, like why didn't they? Why, There's like why aren't forty they just people that showed up, hovering too. over them with a helicopter and shooting them from a like? Oh, and meanwhile, man. they're climbing over rocks and this like, you have a friggin' helicopter. This movie was terrible. Yes, <laughs> it yes. is not good. So uh, uh, they ended and began with a great Johnny Cash version of of the Bob Dylan song. Now it did, but it was only Johnny Cash reading one verse, which yeah. greatly disappointed me. Yeah. Um, I will point out in the ending credits they use the Johnny Cash song when the man comes around, which has been used in just a ton of movies and TV shows. Yeah. It's gotten to the point where it's a little overused now. But I will give this movie credit; it was the first movie to feature that song. Really? Yeah. And uh, it, did they I, open with a different song? They opened with I thought the Abraham song too, and I read they, that they that was... did, and they close and they also closed it with him reading that a verse from the same song. Oh, and then they switched, and, and to... then immediately goes okay. into the song. A man comes down. Yeah, I love the the low piano on that man comes to down song. Just those deep. Oh, that was a really. It was a great way to but end this movie. Really interesting. They use that song even more prominently in another uh, very big budget Hollywood film. Just the very next year, it was the opening to the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Oh, they use huh. that song, which is really interesting. That interesting. They would use it in two big movies so close together. Huh. Um, but wow. uh, that's uh, that's so the movie. There's a, there's a scene at the end where Tommy. They're going through. Tommy Lee Jones is back at his cabin and sees the wolf go by or whatever. And we're supposed to think that's meaningful. And then he goes in and he has a stack of letters from Benicio. Did he just never read, read them? them? Did yeah. he never get them? Did the Irene give it? Did, uh, did they find that in the chest? Like Benicio wrote them, but never sent, but they were all so he, postmarked. Yeah. And he ends up burning them. Yeah. Uh, in it, the fireplace. So the way that I read that was that, uh, um, Benicio had sent them to him and he was like complaining to Tommy Lee Jones about how life is hard. And I think Tommy Lee Jones was having regret that he didn't alert someone and, right. and do something. That's kind of what I figured too. I was like, that's kind of dark ending is like, it he is, just didn't care enough. And right. the VA, it, got, it's yeah, really like, like, there you go. A scathing indictment. Yep. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So would you, how do, well, first of all, do you think uh, Portland in this movie looked good, looked bad? Um, I was overall, I was, uh, impressed with how Portland. Yeah. Was I thought it looked very good. And I looked up the, uh, the cinematographer who I can't remember now. I recognize his name, but he's done just a ton of huge, uh, big budget Hollywood stuff. So he was a really good director of photography at least. So that's why I think everything looked good in the movie, at least, even if it wasn't, um, particularly fleshed out all that much. So would you, if people are listening to this, who have not seen this uh, movie, would you recommend them watching it? Let's, let's, uh, one at a time here. Uh, for me, I, I would say, you know, if you are interested in Portland historic 
like cinema cinematography or yeah. something maybe or uh in an ironic you you're wanting to watch a series of bad movies add this close to the bottom of your list right. like it is it's you're not going to benefit from right. this, from watching this movie. right it's on netflix right now so at least it's free i would watch maybe you could fast forward to like the downtown chase scene i thought was fun you kind of see downtown and and the max track uh, uh little fight scene and chase scene i thought was really kind of interesting and really good and and so i would say you can fast forward and kind of see what the city looked like and then stuff like that and other than that you're not really going to miss anything i, I don't think it's fun no. it's bad enough to be entertaining no, not at all. Except I, except for that that man, that live newscast scene from the from the crash scene made me laugh so hard. <laughs> it's just staring like just touch it. Well, you can touch the crash scene. We'll have no idea uh, what's <laughs> happening right right here. Ah, <sighs> well, that's the end. Do you have any any last thoughts about the hunted? I was going to say that uh, the movie basically lived up to its movie poster, which I commented on and said was about 60% of black space. This movie felt about like 60% of the time nothing was happening. Yeah, <laughs> or like it was missing. Like they, they sketched it out quick on a napkin, and they're like, oh, we'll fill this in later. <laughs> they and then never they just did. never had time. Yeah, but if you're at all interested in seeing uh, Portland uh, represented in a big-budget Hollywood movie, I'd say it's a, it's a must-watch because it's uh, just about your only chance yeah, to see it. Nice. Well, uh, that does it for this episode of Portland at the Movies for the Hunted. Next time, and I, I we've sort of talked about this, but I'm just going to go ahead and pull the trigger. Uh, the next movie we will be doing uh, at the in about four weeks or so uh, will be Dr. Giggles. Nice. Uh, which I didn't really know was filmed in Portland until we started looking at that list. And it's <laughs> a movie I have not seen, but I, I always either. saw it in the video store. Um, and I forget the guy's name, but it stars a guy from L.A. Law, I believe. Um, but just kind of a schlocky, schlocky early '90s horror movie. And have have you seen it, Brian? I have not seen it either. What I remember about Doctor Gills, it was always advertised on the back cover of comic books yep. that I would read growing up in the '90s. Yep. So so uh, yeah, that was that was filmed in Portland. So we'll be taking a look at that in about a month or so. So um, check out Portland at the Movies uh, on Facebook. Uh, also check out uh, theunipiper dot com for everything you need to know about Brian and the Unipiper. Um, as well as the Mark and Toddcast.com. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback about this. If you have suggestions for movies that you'd like to see or hear about, let us know. Uh, spread the word and like our Facebook pages. Uh, it is very helpful. And subscribe and rate us on iTunes. So we will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye.